Welcome to Beating the Deck Game Podcast. The stakes are high, and the scales are heavily tipped against us. The debt and credit system is set up to make the banks rich and keep Canadians poor. We want to help change that through this podcast series, and we believe when armed with the right knowledge, listeners can reverse this trend, understand and leverage various financial scenarios to serve their own interest and improve their own financial well-being instead of making the banks richer. We want everyone to beat the debt game and win back control of their financial future. Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're going to do it a little differently today and we're just going to do a few uh, short podcasts. It'll just be myself, uh, no guests, and we're just going to go through some real life basic financial concepts that most of us are never taught in school, but can really benefit from knowing. So today's podcast, uh, we're going to talk about what every parent can do so their kids retire a millionaire. Sounds far-fetched, I know. But the podcasts that we're going to do, the short ones, are all going to be around the same theme. And we're, we're going to start talking about, are you taking advantage of the financial system, or is it taking advantage of you? So this podcast isn't going to be technical. It's not heavy on math. I'm not going to share a lot of formulas and statistics. If anything, it's going to be more emotional and thought-provoking. It's going to be, um, in many cases, we're going to talk about uh, stuff that we wish we knew earlier on in life. And if that's your, your reaction when you listen to this podcast, send it to someone who could benefit from it now. So let's start today's podcast. And like I said, it's what every parent can do so their kids retire a millionaire. I want to start by asking a couple of questions. Did your parents set you up so you would retire a millionaire? If you like the vast majority of yours, the answer is no. And when you think back to life as a child, and you know, when I think back, it seemed impossible for them to save a million dollars for my retirement. I mean, they could barely afford to retire themselves at times, it seems, and and they did, and you know, they they had a comfortable retirement for sure. And when I think back to my childhood, I I had a great childhood. I had the love of two parents, both that, that had to work. Um, but there certainly wasn't a spare million dollars lying around for, for me in my retirement. So the next question, do you want your kids to retire a millionaire? Could you imagine how different your life would be knowing that there was $1 million waiting for you in retirement without you having done anything? It truly would be like finding a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Now, the same question is going to come up. I can't afford to save for my own retirement. How can I save for my kids? I'm lucky I only have one kid. So imagine if you had three or four. Saving one million dollars is easy, right? Imagine if you had three, three million dollars. When I say I was going to only ask a couple of questions, I actually lied. I'm going to ask three. How much do you think you need to save for your kid's retirement, for them to retire a millionaire? Now, most people are probably tuning out now and leaving the podcast in their mind. This this number is, is so ridiculously high, it's completely unobtainable. They're now thinking, screw this, the kids can sort themselves out. And I need to sort out my own financial situation and figure out my own retirement. I can't figure out theirs as well. In fact, many of them, many of you are probably shouting to your spouse, delete this podcast, don't let the kids hear it. They're probably scrambling to find out how to delete the search history on their computer as if they've been watching something they never want the kids to see. 
It's funny because if the kids do listen to this, it's such a basic financial concept, they'll actually understand it. And like some of you, well, probably most of us, we're probably all going to be thinking, why the hell didn't my parents do this for me? But go easy on them. This stuff isn't taught at schools. They work damn hard, and I found very little time to figure this stuff out. Like most of us, financial skills are based around survival, not these crazy, complicated concepts of making our kids millionaires when we're struggling ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, some of you are even thinking, my retirement plan was my kids being successful and helping me out, not the other way around. Okay, so here's my slimy salesman, too good to ever be true pitch. What if I told you for only $15,000 you could retire a millionaire? Is that something you might be interested in? No idea why I put that strange accent on, but it seemed appropriate at the time. It actually reminds me of one of my all-time favorite British comedies, Only Fools and Horses, with good old cockney wide boy Dell trying to find the next get-rich-quick scheme for himself, his son, and his granddad. Every episode towards the end, Dell would tell his son Rodney, this time next year, Rodders, we're going to be millionaires. All right, all right, I hear you. Everyone's screaming, just get on with it. This is meant to be a personal finance podcast, not a dodgy review of British comedies. Okay, so here it is. When your child is born, you set aside $15,000 in an investment. You're able to achieve an average return of 6.5% compounding monthly. At age 65, your kid will have $1 million, probably a little over. Let me say that again. You set aside $15,000 when your little nipper is born and they will be a millionaire when they retired. Now that's not 15000 every year. That is a one-time investment of 15000 Then forget about it. We may be well and truly long gone when the kids access the money at 65, but at that time you may be gone, but you certainly won't be forgotten. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a bunch of caveats and disclaimers as there is to everything. The disclaimers being you have to hit an average rate of 6.5% over the full six and a, 65 years. Kid doesn't cash it out at 18 and buy a fancy car. Alternatively, you don't cash it out when the kid's 18 and you go on a year-long round-the-world cruise. Regardless of the actual return and the actual amount invested, you can see how the power of compound interest really works. I know most new parents don't have 15k to set aside when the kid's born. Kids are bloody expensive and every dollar is sacred at that time. But what if you gave my slimy sales pitch above to the grandparents? Don't forget to use the perfect Cockney accent and watch Only Fools and Horses beforehand to prepare. For those that don't know, a Cockney is someone who's actually from East London, usually a fast talker and a slippery individual. So that's that's where the sales pitch comes in. But which grandparent really wouldn't want the legacy of leaving their grandkid $1 million? There's other ways to do it too. If you don't have the 15000 right there and then, or the grandparent doesn't have it, you could do a small investment at birth and, and, a, and a monthly contribution for a set period of time. 5K investment at birth and $200 a month for five years would achieve the same goal. Okay, okay, I hear you. 
but my kid's already eight. Why didn't you do this podcast eight years earlier? It doesn't matter that still 57 years of compounding interest before they hit their retirement age. May not hit a million, but it's going to be a hefty, hefty sum at the end of it. Okay, so here's some technical stuff, and it's not actually even going to be that technical. Compound interest is the addition of interest to the principal of your deposit or investment. And it's interest earning interest on that interest because it's not being withdrawn. It's the reinvesting of interest and receiving interest on your interest. So that the next interest period, you've earned interest on your principal plus the interest you earn on the previous amount of interest. It's actually the opposite of your credit cards. So when you're paying the interest on top of the interest that they've charged you, Compounding interest in this situation starts slow, unlike the credit cards, because your initial investment is relatively small, the interest earned on it is small, but it's like a snowball and you really see the effects over a long period of time. Okay, here's the bottom line. Every parent wants to leave their child a legacy, and many will do it by leaving the family home that is appreciated over a lifetime. A lifetime that took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to pay off the mortgage. But for many of us, we're going to need that equity in in our home, so when we downsize, we can actually uh, fund our own retirement. And we're not, you know, we're not looking at leaving that as the legacy for the kids. It's just not possible. For, For most of us, the vast majority of our net worth comes from our home, our principal residence and paying down the mortgage and and the accumulation of of growth in in the value of our home. I've actually seen it with where there's sort of irrational guilt that parents have because they don't want to downsize and they don't want to access that equity to fund their own retirement. They want to leave the family home to their children. Well, this way you can do it. You can leave them that legacy and then you, you've set them up for your $15,000 at the beginning or your five and, and some small monthly payments over a period of time will set them up so you don't have that guilt of, of accessing the equity that, that you've earned hard, worked hard and, and struggled to build. You can try and leave an investment um, or an inheritance of a million dollars or you can just invest the small amount when they're born, sit back and enjoy it. Imagine how different our lives would have been if we knew there's a million dollars at retirement with no questions asked. So today's podcast isn't about getting deep into the weeds of compounding interest. It's about getting you thinking of how the financial system can work in your favor versus against you. A lot of the podcasts we've done have covered debt, you know, how to get out of it, how the system works against us with compounding interest on debt. We did a podcast on, you know, how the rule of 72 is making the banks rich and and Canadians poor. And, you know, if you haven't listened to that one before this one, go and listen to it because it gets a little bit more detailed around how how the rule of 72 works and, and more on compounding interest. And for some, you know, in many cases, it's going to be too late to apply some of these principles as we don't have the time we need to see the maximum benefit. But we can set up our kids and our kids' kids. And if we can't win the game and beat the banks, then let's ensure that our kids can. 
and pass on this knowledge and set them up. Thanks. That's it for today. I said it would be short. As always, any questions, comments, send them through to podcast at fourpillars.ca. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Beating the Deck Game podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Many of our episodes are based upon the book Beating the Deck Game, which is authored by our very own Paul Murphy. You can grab yourself a free copy of the book by visiting fourpillars.ca. That's the numerical four, P-I-L-L-A-R-S dot C-A. If you have any questions you'd like covered on future episodes, please feel free to email us at podcast at fourpillars.ca. We'd be delighted to hear from you and cover these in future episodes. We hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you in the next episode.